What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, today I'll be joined by Locked On recruiting expert John Garcia Jr. to talk a little bit about Pitt's great recruiting weekend. Six commits. We'll talk about maybe a pipeline in the eastern part of the state, the importance of Tyquan Underwood, and everything surrounding this weekend of recruiting. It's all coming up today on this episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. Our Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, we are joined weekly here by Locked On's recruiting insider, John Garcia Jr. Also does great stuff for Sports Illustrated. He's always traveling around the regions of the United States trying to see recruits. And obviously, it is prime recruiting season here. It's official visit season in the summer. And Pitt is certainly going to follow that. They had 14, 15 official visitors this weekend, including two of their commits in Zion Fowler and Kenny Minching, they got six more commits coming in on this train. And it's been a busy week for Pitt football, and Pat Narduzzi has to be pleased coming out of that, John. Yeah, I don't know where to begin in particular, but, yeah, a lot of skill position talent headed to Pitt. And you know, we were talking about this offline. I, I've talked about it the last two weeks on these shows this is why that first official visit weekend is so big. This is why you you sell, hey, why don't you kick off your official visit weekend with us? Because some of these kids that committed had other officials scheduled, right? So, and that's not that's not unique to Pitt. That that's happened with a lot of the commits that went down over the weekend. There were like 35 FBS commits in 2 days. A lot of those kids that were on officials had other trips planned and now most of them will no longer take those other official visits. So again, critical to position yourself the right way when it comes to an official visit schedule. And Pitt is one of the examples coming out of this weekend as to why. Because if you look at the commits, you had a couple local or semi-local, I should say, but most of them from pretty far away, uh, which is really the strength of what an official visit should be anyway. So a lot of good factors uh, leading up to, to Pitt's big weekend and tangibly to get six commitments coming out of it. I mean, that's about as ideal as, as you could have hoped for it, by any stretch of the imagination even. Yeah, and you talked about the commits, two from Florida, two from Georgia, one from D.C. and another from Pennsylvania. And I want to start off with our Pennsylvania commit, Kenny Johnson here, because – we talked about this last week a little bit when we were talking about the Whippeal guys, and Pitt's probably going to strike out in their part of the state, but Pitt will have a Pennsylvania commit in this class. They're going to get it from York, though, the eastern part of the state, eastern central part of the state out there in Dallas Town. And Pitt also has a 2024 commit right now in Jasir Whittington, who is from the city, the Philadelphia County area. And if you know anything about Pitt and their history here in this eastern block of Pennsylvania – they don't get recruits from this area. You know, usually the SEC powers get more success there. Penn State certainly gets more success there. West Virginia, uh, tons of other teams get in there. But Pitt has completely kind of flipped the script recently. They're getting a lot of official visits from that area, a lot of unofficial visits, a lot of Philly kids showing interest or around that Eastern block. And now Kenny Johnson is adding to that. That's two commits from the Eastern part of the state in two months for Pitt. 
And that's huge. I can't say that enough. I mean, is it possible Pitt could maybe be shifting from say, you know, this isn't a good Whipple class, whatever. And we're actually going to start to build our block out in the eastern part of the state where we haven't done that in Lord knows how long. It's certainly fascinating when you get into some of the geographical elements of, of a recruiting class and or strategy from a particular coaching staff. But if you start to get into that geography in that kind of that Philly radius, right, you could take it in different directions. So certainly the eastern part of Pennsylvania, you could even stretch that into Jersey and kind of the surrounding areas. You know, that's who owns that territory. You mentioned some schools that have done well historically, but I don't think any one school has been able to kind of lock it down. Um, and there's considerable talent in that area of the country year in, year out. Uh, so I do think that that is something that's advantageous for Pitt, Penn State, all, really all the schools in that kind of SEC, I guess, Big Ten footprint that stretch out that way. And then you think of, okay, well, what's new about this Pitt staff that could potentially be factoring in? And you mentioned the wide receiver commitment. How, how about Tyquan Underwood? I mean, there's been so much talk about Brendan Marion moving on, the Texas thing, the Jordan Addison stuff, all, all that craziness kind of negatively against Pitt. But the guy who replaced Marion has been doing pretty darn good. And, and I think he has been part of the reason, coming from Rutgers in particular, that that footprint has expanded east into the Philadelphia area and in some cases beyond. Uh, so I think all those, those little changes, they, they add up. You know, when you're a coach who's known in a region – it does something uh, for the kids when they get that scholarship offer from the school that you now represent, uh, in this case, Pitt. Uh, so I do think that could be an interesting factor in kind of this Eastern push. Uh, but also, again, that region historically, I mean, you, you've seen a lot of great programs come into Philly, uh, come into New Jersey in particular, and pull out elite prospects and, and make them you know, go very far away uh, for their college football. So if there's an option that is becoming more intriguing locally or regionally like Pitt, it does start to make sense as to, hey, say, hey, you know, why don't we look at the school like this that, you know, historically we might not have um, sent a lot of kids out that way, but the recent success, particularly with skill position prospects and offensive prospects, makes a lot of sense if Pitt is going to try to create new pipelines in new or, or areas that haven't been as kind uh, to the Panther faithful uh, relatively recently. Yeah, and Tyquan Underwood, as you mentioned, a big reason why Kenny Johnson committed here, had an offer from Rutgers, comes on to Pitt, immediately gets offered by Pitt. Everything kind of comes together in that area. Also, Pitt, uh, DB's coach Corey Sanders has been working that for a few years now, so starting to crack through a little bit there. And then I think Tyquan Underwood coming in also helps. But let's talk about Kenny Johnson a little bit. I'm interested to kind of see your thoughts on him. You know, has a pretty solid offer sheet, Boston College, Cincinnati, Louisville, Minnesota. Penn State's a big one here, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, uh, all in that area. Um, and you saw Penn State give an offer actually before Pitt did, and Pitt actually mm -hmm. goes into what I would consider Nittany Line country because that entire eastern part of the state very much so is Penn State country still. Uh, and they really get Kenny Johnson here, who's a pretty highly rated three-star uh, and, and a, has a good offer sheet to go with it. And a lot of people – Really excited about this kid. You hear a lot about, you know, from that eastern part of the state. They say he's a real deal uh, in terms of who he might be, and he might outperform his ranking is what I've heard from some coaches out that way. Yeah, this is an intriguing get. Like you mentioned, there was legitimate Penn State buzz for, for quite some time here, particularly 
uh, around the new year. So end of the college football season into 2022. But uh, Pitt has obviously stayed steady here. The hire of Underwood certainly can't be undersold in this verbal commitment. But when you look at the player, I mean, he's listed uh, well above uh, six foot, six one, maybe closer to six two. He's already physically mature from his build perspective, already 185, 190 pounds or so. So you don't have to put on a ton of weight once he does get into that ACC strength and conditioning and nutritional program. But what I love about this kid on the field, Nick, is, is the ball skills. He's long, he's fast, all that stuff is great. Uh, but how he tracks the football and attacks it at its high point, that is kind of the natural ability that you, you really can't teach, at least for the most part. Um, and I think that's where the competitiveness really shows up. And that's where you get excited if you're a Pitt fan here. Um, look, you're going to have your Pitt, right? You're going to have taller wide receivers who can move. I mean, that is something that has become a calling card at that university for, for really a long time. But when he can attack the football, and widen the margin for error of the quarterback. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to talk about something that could be in that blue chip territory like you talked about. Now, that's a blue chip recruit, a needle moving type of recruit. And when you have that and you become the first Pennsylvanian on the commitment list for 2023, you, you should be celebrated. You should be talked about. And, and Johnson certainly deserves that uh, from us. But yeah, like I said, I, I like the foundation physically, but I really like how he attacks the football. This is a competitive physical kid. And again, he's built that way too. So there's not a whole lot to add to his game in order to envision him, you know, making an impact at a school, even like Pitt, that has such a tradition at the position and such an expectation on offense in particular. So I thought among the commitments, not only was this the most important in terms of the region and getting a, a local kid to say yes, but also I do think talent wise, this could be after Kenny Minchie, this could be the second most talked about or looked at kid in this class when all is said and done, you know, as far as where things stand right now. Folks, as always, thanks for listening. But first, let me let you know about Bet Online because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL conference playoffs, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, and I think that this is a huge commit for Pitt. Again, just don't get a lot from that eastern part of the state. And, and he was recruited heavily by Penn State. I mean, this wasn't a situation, and we've had situations in the past where maybe Pitt has gotten a kid and they have a Penn State offer, but maybe Penn State didn't want them. I think this is a situation where Pitt legitimately outgunned Penn State on the recruiting trail, and so much so that you know Kenny Johnson, I think, had three uh, official visits after this scheduled. Penn State was one of those. Rutgers, uh, I think Louisville as well. Uh, West Virginia actually is what it was. It was West Virginia. Uh, so very regional for him was his recruitment, but he canceled all those. So Pitt is got him, and that's that's a huge commitment. And the first for Tyquan Underwood uh, of his tenure. Now, Pitt has two receivers now in their cachet, if you will. Zion Fowler committed all the way back in October of last year. Relatively unknown guy. He was a Bread and Mary commit. Seems like he loves Fowler as well. Underwood is completely on board with that. So these are two really good uh, guys. That, you know, you get receiver commits this early, two receivers. And it's not like Pitt has a super old receiver room either. I think that, you know, Kanade Mumfield's young. Jared Wayne's the only real elder statesman of this group. 
kind of hard to see them adding another receiver to the room now. I think that the only guy, and I'll say this, I think the only guy that they will make that exception for is one Hakeem Williams. And I think that is the one receiver they will take. From I'm your shocked. Own. I'm shocked. I tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just want to talk about this. I know we, you know, we're going to talk about the commits and everything, but Williams did reveal his top six and Pitt's in it uh, again. I think it was A&M, Pitt, Florida state, Miami, Georgia, Bama. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like Pitt in that group, I mean, Florida State, Miami makes complete sense. They're he's a Florida kid. He's a Fort from Fort Lauderdale, and Pitt just, I mean, that is a huge, huge outlier for Pitt. And it's almost all about Taekwon Underwood. It sounds like it sounds like Heike Williams just loves Taekwon Underwood. He does, you know, and, and it offers, you know, I think Underwood's got this dual sell right we talk about hey what is this coach good at what does he sell well taekwon's young um and he's obviously been at some some good programs up and coming programs and now he's at a very stable one but he also played and i think that that is such a an important factor when you talk about certain positions we talk about ego positions in football obviously wide receiver is one of those it, it's hard to imagine a, a, a high level prospect like an ikeem williams sitting down with a coach who doesn't have that kind of experience. Um, and I think either coaching or playing in the NFL at the highest level is almost like the beginning of, of the selling point here for Hakeem Williams. But then I think Underwood's youth, the ability to resonate with a recruit, you know, like Hakeem, you know, Taekwon was a high profile kid coming out back in his day as well. Um, so I do think all of those things matter and factor in so much when you talk about Pitt staying in this race. And as you mentioned, you know, that top six, I mean, when it starts with, the two teams that played for the national title, Texas A&M, which is recruiting anyone and everyone, it feels like at this point, and then two in-state schools, which you expect to a degree, and Pitt is that other one, it does, it, it hits different. Um, so to have that official visit ahead uh, and still be, you know, among those highly under consideration, I think is elite for Pitt. Uh, it would be certainly one of the bigger recruiting storylines of the entire cycle individually if, if they're able to, you know, host him and win uh, this recruitment because uh, it's one of those where all six of those teams, including Pitt, are certainly trying and efforting uh, any communication visits, et cetera, with Akeem Williams and or those around him. So, yeah, big deal for Pitt to get that kind of confirmation. Hey, you're still right in the thick of this thing, still taking the official. Everything is still a go from the Akeem Williams standpoint. So, yeah, I think with the receiver foundation you have uh, with with Johnson being your your dynamic, you know, above the rim guy, if you will, Fowler more of your smoother conventional receiver. Hakeem could be your big hybrid, and that would be a heck of a core uh, to sell for, for Taekwondo Underwood in terms of, hey, this is what I'm bringing to, to this roster year one. I think that would be about as good as it gets nationally at that position. Yeah, it would be a great three trio that they would have right there on top of the guys that they already have at the position who they are very excited about. Pitcher Steven Court doesn't look like it's going to fall off anytime soon under Taekwondo Underwood. But Pitt had a few other commitments, five other commitments specifically. Yeah. It was a heck of yeah. a weekend for the staff yeah. uh, to get some guys they really like. And they got two Florida guys down in your neck of the woods, but I want to first talk with Antonio Camon because he is the guy that Charlie Partridge really wanted to bring on board. And, well, Pitt brings him on board out of the Tampa area. Now, not that Pitt hasn't gotten a lot of guys out of the Tampa area, but they haven't pulled a ton out of that area. <laughs> but Camon now coming – to Pitt, another guy who's one of those highly rated three stars that has a really good offer sheet, 
uh, that you look at. And we talk about the offer sheet, offer sheet, offer sheet here on the show. You know, Florida State, Iowa State, uh, Kentucky, Louisville, Maryland, Ole Miss, Penn State, Nebraska, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Cincinnati, like all these great schools have offered Kamon. So this feels like a, a pretty big land as well for Charlie Partridge in the defensive line room. It is. It's definitely, you know, my, my sleeper pick for for the class of 23 that Pitt has assembled thus far. He's the guy that I'm like, hey, don't don't forget about him. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay Tech, where he plays, has always been a good school. They, they've produced talent year in, year out, but they kind of hit an apex last year. And a lot of, of their momentum was, was because of the defense. And Antonio, in particular, you're talking about a kid that had 37 stops behind the line of scrimmage uh and he was the table setter uh for that unit uh and and I, what i love about him not only in terms of hey physically he's got a long way to go like his best football is maybe two or three years down the line because he's, he's a lighter kid right I, I don't know what he's listed at 6'2 245 something like that he's got room to fill out is what i'm getting at so not only do i love that aspect of him but how productive he already was at one of the highest classifications in the state of Florida, um, but he also has experience rushing from everywhere, you know, inside the extreme inside, standing up on the edge from a two point stance, from a three point stance. He was productive no matter where his coaches lined him up. Uh, and he's got a little bit of polish to his pass rushing game as well. He's not just a guy that, hey, I'm from Florida, I'm undersized, I'm going to beat you with speed every time, like we think uh, or, or perceive the state of Florida to be to a degree no he's got some polish he's got a swim move he counters it with with a, a rip move underneath uh but he can also still beat you with that that florida speed that maybe you do expect when you see his name and his city and his production on the verbal commitment list for Pitt. and again he's another nick we keep talking about it had official scheduled elsewhere after this point now probably not going to take those because he is locked in with the panthers so again it's not just about identifying the talent and recruiting them hard and recruiting the family and the decision makers. It's also about strategy. Where do you push for the official visit? Uh, and I think, again, in this case in particular, uh, being first really paid off uh, for the Panthers. And uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of this kid. Uh, I thought that he would continue to add offers. And look, some of those offers you mentioned, those came recently. Those came over the last week or two, three weeks, spring ball kind of stuff. So it's not like it's it's been stagnant ever in this kid's recruitment. So for him to end the process as he's theoretically ascending, I think says a lot again about the the entire cell of Pitt uh, going up there. You know, he's a Tampa kid, certainly a city boy. So going up to Pittsburgh, like we talked about last week, some of the downfalls of that campus relative to other schools. Well, when in other scenarios, it works out kind of perfectly, and I think Cameron's uh, a great result, a great example of that. All right, folks, we'll get right back to the action. But first, let me let you know about Built Bar because, folks, don't you love having a chewy chocolate brownie? But what about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? It's so good, and you would love that. But, folks, what if it could be made into a protein bar? Well, I have that for you here with Built's Caramel Brownie Built Bar. You're in luck because the caramel Built Bars are in 100% real chocolate. They're available on Built.com right now, and they are going to become a fan favorite very Quickly, it tastes like a dessert, but it's only 130 calories with 17 grams of protein and only 4 grams of sugar. That's right, only 4 grams of sugar and 130 calories with 17 grams of protein in this caramel brownie 
bars. Make sure to try them out. They're great. All you have to do is go to Built.com right now, use the promo code LOCKS15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. Yeah, I think big commit for Pitt here. Uh, Charlie Partridge seemed really excited about that. And if Charlie Partridge is excited about something, usually it's a pretty good sign yeah. uh, about things. Um, but they did land another Florida kid, Shadarian Harris. Uh, and I, I know you might not know uh, as much about Shadarian Harrison, uh, but from Lakeland, a long corner, 6'2". Again, not a super highly rated guy, but Pitt was the first to offer him uh, in terms of a big-time school. A few teams offered him afterwards, like Iowa State, Nebraska, Louisville, Oregon State, Tennessee, West Virginia. And there's some good teams in there uh, that have offered this kid. It almost looks like you know pretty low-rated guy for that offer sheet, maybe a little underrated. He's a long kid. Pitt's had some success out of this high school before. Uh, Damari Mathis is from Lakeland. Keyshawn Camp is from Lakeland. So this is a pipeline Pitt has built. And now they have another Lakeland guy coming up to Pitt in Shadarian Harrison. Yeah, and don't don't worry about the ranking right now. Uh, look, this is uh, – Central Florida kids typically don't get the coverage South Florida kids get. And it often takes the industry a little bit of time to catch up. Even at a school like Lakeland that is just known – for churning out Division One prospects. They are reloading. They had a bit of a down year last year, relatively speaking, in terms of winning a state title. They didn't quite get there. They actually didn't come that close. So it was a bit of a, a down year in Lakeland. So it usually means Lakeland is reloading. Uh, and the secondary is one spot where we know they're, they're going to be really good in, in 2022. And, and Harrison was kind of the guy from last year uh, that was the emerger. But when, when you're not as hot and the industry doesn't cover the area as much, you can kind of slip under some radar. Uh, so I think this spring was really his opportunity to start to take a step forward. You know, Lakeland coaches their D- DBs to be in- extremely aggressive. They're, they're press corners. They can run. Uh, you mentioned his length, 6'2". My goodness. There's just not a lot of corners running around at 6'2". That can make plays at the power five level. Uh, so to get one who's, you know, he's a little light, 175 right now, certainly will need to add some weight. But to get one committed again, like we just talked about with Antonio, on his ascent, I think it's a big deal uh, for Pitt. And again, another one where the official visit positioning really paid off uh, for the Panthers because, you know, again, this is a kid. Lakeland next year, probably a state title type of team in the fall. And people are going to be like, what? This kid's committed to Pitt? Like, when did that happen? How did we miss that? Uh, and, and, and this is another one where Pitt is, is going to be rewarded for that early identification and evaluation enough to give him the green light to, to pull the trigger. So a huge deal for the Panthers, in my opinion, and a kid who we're going to talk about in six months as, hey, you know, remember when he was unranked? Uh, that was that was kind of funny. Uh, I think Harrison's going to be one of those. Yeah, and then Pitt also lands two other corners uh, from Georgia and Shelton Lewis and Bryce Pollock. So they go into the Georgia pool here. Pollock had a ton of good offers on this, mm-hmm. and I know that that's one that the Pitt staff is – really excited about. They think he's probably underrepresented in his ranking as well. They have this kid really high on their board against some guys that are ranked higher than him on it, their major recruiting services. And Shelton Lewis, a guy that's more under-recruited, but a lot of good raw tools that Pitt's really excited about as well. And, and the Georgia pipeline for Pitt is another one that they've really gone to over here recently and have had really good success with. Them. You have to do it, right? I mean, it's just one of those – I mean, some people are starting to shift their perception in terms of, you know, it's not a big three anymore in terms of the states that really rule in football. It's a big four with Georgia 
jumping into that race. And and one coach recently told me at the college level, he said, look, I start my recruiting in Atlanta. Like I, I start there from a national perspective. It's not South Florida. It's not Dallas. It's not LA. I, I start in Atlanta. So that whole Metro has become, uh, especially with the economic situation in this country has really boomed from a talent perspective. I mean, there's some years where, Georgia's got more five-star type kids than any other state in the country. And, and this year will be another one of those. Uh, so that Metro is, is really important. That state because of that Metro has started to filter out and extend beyond just the Northern part of the state where Atlanta is. So South Georgia, Central Georgia has talent up and down and Pollock is, is one of the best in the state. I mean, he really can run. And I think that's, that's something that just jumps off of the tape relative uh, to the other corner that they picked up in the state of Georgia, where there's a little bit more balance, right? I think Lewis, a little bit more compact in his build, a little bit more balance in his game. Um, athletically, he's rock solid. It's not like you're going to take a corner who can't move, but relatively speaking, Pollock can really flash with that speed and, and kind of sheer playmaking ability. He's one of those that you know, he's got pick sixes on the resume. He can factor into the return game. He plays offense, just can do a little bit more at this stage uh, but again, when you're when you're bolstering your skill positions in Central Florida uh, and in, in the state of Georgia, as well as locally, I mean, my gosh, like where else would you rather begin that process if, if you're pit? So, again, a really nice get. And, and it's hard for some of these guys too, Nick, because you commit on a weekend where a bunch of other kids commit. So you can get lost in the shuffle just a little bit. So it's important to to not allow that to happen. So that's more your job than my job. But look, this is a, a really nice weekend and haul overall for, for the Panthers. Yeah, and the last kid they got, D.C. here for Pitt. Yeah. One that they pull out a few every now and then, but Isaiah Neal here, who is a higher-rated guy, has some crazy offers for his ranking. Ohio State's in there. Penn State, of course, is in there. UNC, uh, he canceled all of his visits, so Pitt had kind of the leg up here, as you said, with that first visit. Michigan, Michigan State, NC State. I mean, these are really good offers here for Isaiah Neal. And he commits, and he said one of the prime reasons he committed, Charlie Partridge, and more importantly, Pitt's pedigree of producing D Lyman. And well, they get another guy who's a little bit undersized, but he's there. And you kind of see that with Pitt a lot, right? Ever since Aaron Donald, that's the Pitt yeah. thing. Kalijah Cansey's another one. And now Isaiah Neal's potentially the next one. Yeah, and and look, I think there's there's something to be said for that. You know, there, when you think of Pitt, you think of for me, I think of the wide receiver room, and I, and I think of the D lineman. And, and yeah, my perception does begin with that kind of inside out pass rusher. And I think you've got that kind of combination in Isaiah Neal, who uh, again did it against really great competition. That whole DC Catholic League, he was at Gonzaga College High School last year. That whole DC Catholic League is really really good it's it's one of the best leagues in the country and now he's at saint francis academy in baltimore where he's going to play a national schedule so we're going to get like a national tv sample of isaiah neal uh so for even you know more diverse and high level competition so it's it's one thing to be productive you know in the middle of you know iowa or montana no disrespect to those states but when you're doing it in dc and you're doing it in tampa and you're doing it in big metro areas with high level football everywhere it just hits a little bit harder um, but with neil again inside out pass rusher probably a little bit more conventional than antonio came in where it's a little bit more flash and polish i think with neil it's a little bit more power leverage based 
but that's okay because if you want an interior pass rush, it does have to start with that lower body development. So he's he's got that foundation. He'll add weight, not, not too worried about that, but just a power player who can counter and redirect off of that to a degree. And again, another productive player playing against great competition. So I, I think that's, again, ideal uh, for any school, much less, you know, pit in, in that kind of position where, like you said, you, you're just kind of known for producing those kind of players. And it, and it works. It works. The size at almost every position is not a big a deal now as it was even five years ago. You know, nobody nobody bats an eye at a quarterback who's six foot anymore. And that used to be like a cardinal sin when we're talking about, you know, football. So if it's changed at the most important position, it is obviously filtered out elsewhere. And, and when you're talking about building a defensive line, you want smaller, faster guys because it is about affecting the passer. Teams aren't bulking up and playing from the inside out to stop the run anymore. They're, they're just not. It, it's almost a necessary evil that you have to game plan for, but most of these teams and personnel is beginning to shift that way too. They're just focused on affecting the quarterback. That is sort of objective one uh, from a game planning perspective and prospects like this that are a little bit undersized can get there, you know, that much more quickly. Uh, so big fan of, of that get as well. Again, just love the competition and, and pipeline pipelining into another important talented part of the country in, in DC. Yeah, and Pitt gets it from all different areas of the country. Six commits, really successful weekend for them. John, as always, thank you for coming on. Tell them where they can find your stuff, do all that great thing. Yeah, real simple, si.com slash college, or uh, check us out on social media at John Garcia underscore JR. Folks, make sure to check out John's stuff. And as always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail.